uh, this constant scan of my environment, or especially at a restaurant, of saying, well, will this work? Or what's in that? And nope, can't have that either. It just feels like a step too far sometimes. And it, it really does irritate me. Which is crazy. Who is mad at a menu? It's an inanimate object. It doesn't even know my name. It doesn't care about me. <laughs> I'm April Cunningham, co-founder of The Jealous Vegan, health and life coach, also known as The Influencer. Today I'm joined by teammate Jennifer Hundley, co-founder of The Jealous Vegan, also known as The Voice. In this episode, we discuss the particular challenges of gluten-free and plant-based. And it is our hope that Jennifer's experience will inform your plant-based journey. Jen, so excited to be with you today. Thank you, me too. This is such an interesting topic because, honestly, and frankly from my experience, gluten is harder to avoid than dairy. And you have a gluten allergy, gluten intolerance, and a dairy intolerance. Tell check, me, check. Yeah, hmm. So tell <laughs> me, tell the audience, What's your typical experience when you dine at a restaurant? I'll gladly explain that. But I, I want to point out, I think the reason that it is harder to avoid gluten than dairy is because I think we're more aware of dairy. We know that it's cheese, milk, cream. And everyone that you talk to at a restaurant typically knows what dairy consists of. Um, but gluten is kind of strange to people, though it's been in the news and a lot of people have a gluten allergy and you find a lot of places that have gluten-sensitive kitchens or menus or guidance for what you should eat. Um, I think there's still places where people are unsure of what contains gluten. And so it's, I think part of it is the education and awareness and understanding. And then there's maybe a fear factor associated with it, like, oh, is this going to have gluten? Does that have gluten? And then having to ask questions which is a lot of my frustration. Well, when I dine with you, I, I, you know, sometimes I say it, sometimes you say it. I'm like, she has a gluten allergy, so... And they say, okay, are you celiac? Do you have a sensitivity? No. Or, like, how they ask. Right, like, what's the level of concern? Because I think there are people who, if they ingest gluten, it's very similar to if you have, like, a shellfish allergy. You know, I don't know that your throat will close and you'll have some immediate... Um, deadly type response, but it certainly is is difficult enough that um, they'll be very sick if not um, in the hospital as a result of ingesting gluten. Okay, but I'm not nearly that sensitive. Okay, so you can have gluten in the kitchen, just not on your plate. Some cross contamination is okay, but just or is that not? Yeah, it depends. So like one time we went to a Mediterranean restaurant and they asked that question and I said, oh yeah, it's fine. But as soon as I started eating my food, which didn't have any gluten in it, um, I got a headache and I felt weird. Um, so I feel like it depends maybe on either what the food is or what the level of contamination might be. Can we talk for a moment about what kinds of things unexpectedly contain gluten? Like obviously bread, right? Because yes. what else is potential danger when you're dining out and you have a gluten allergy? So the, the one that was the most surprising to me is soy sauce. So I never knew that soy sauce had gluten, um, but wheat is a thickener in most sauces. So sauces, salad dressings, marinades are typically going to have some level of gluten because they use flour to, to thicken 
most sauces. Mm-hmm. So yeah, and I think that's the other factor, right? So we're talking about the fear associated with, I don't really know if that has gluten or not. And so I think for the restaurants, they want to err on the side of caution. And for, the, for me as a diner, I'm thinking, well, how, how do you prepare that? And it's just, it's embarrassing to sit there and ask 15 questions about, so how did you make this ratatouille that doesn't have pasta? But I still need to know like every step because I'm concerned um, that there might be some, some contaminants in it. And it's just, it's just frustrating for me. Mm. You mentioned embarrassing. That's a... That's a, a, an emotional component, right, to mm-hmm. being able to just navigate the menu and get to food. And, and, and a lot of times I would imagine, and I've been with you, I've dined with you, a lot of times the objective is to dine with loved ones. So you're there to enjoy the company more than anything, and then mm-hmm. there's a food issue, and then there's this emotional component to not being, to having to navigate. Can you tell me a little bit about that? What's, um, what, why is there embarrassment? It is what it is. It's your biology. Yeah, but so I, I am so happy that all of my closest friends are fabulously beautiful and um, skinny chicks, really. And so it, it kind of it, it's embarrassing because it's like, how is the fat person at the table, the one that has all of these restrictions and needs this specialized diet? They can't just order something off the menu. And so I think that that's, for me, probably the biggest part of it is, one, like you're a spectacle because you have to ask all these questions and the, the server's going back and forth trying to ex- figure out, well, well, this has this, but this doesn't, and this we can make this different, and that's probably not going to work for you. And, you know, at the end of the day, you're just like, ah, can I just order? Kind of back to the whole origin of the Jealous Vegan is you just, you just want to sit down, look at the menu, and pick something, and go back to being with your friends and family. And it shouldn't have to be this, like... I don't know, United Nations session where you're, you know, need like an interpreter and somebody to go back and forth and explain (laughs) things. And, you know, like, it's just too much. Mm. So, yes, clearly, as you can hear in my voice, there's a lot of emotion associated with it. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And it's an embarrassment there. You you mentioned, though, the fat component, which has nothing to do with gluten and nothing to do with your food allergies. And yet that definitely plays into your into the conversation or into the, the difficulty, I guess, with ordering. So tell me why that is. Why, why is that related? Or what does that have to do with the two allergies that you're chiefly trying to avoid in a restaurant? So what's interesting is I don't think that it's just the two allergies. So when you add on top of being, you know, gluten-free, dairy-free, that you're trying to be animal product-free, that adds a, another layer of complexity. And so... You know, they go around the table and take everyone else's order, and I'm sitting there, um, like, asking a million questions. And maybe it's just in my own mind, but my sense is that people look at someone who is um, overweight and says, clearly, you eat, so just pick something. Like, what are you doing? Um, So I I think that that's that's part of it. Um, But also because it slows down whatever the connection is that we're trying to make as friends and family, you know, we're, we're there to enjoy ourselves and have conversation about rich things, but that, that gets interrupted multiple times as the server is going again, back and forth to the kitchen to determine what I can and cannot eat. Um, and I think that that's also part of it too, is I don't want anybody to tell me what I can eat and what I can't eat. Um, I don't, I don't even want, I don't even want my body to tell me what I can and can't eat. 
and and that's just ridiculous. And so, like, it's this mental mind trip um, without pharmaceuticals that is just so annoying and does not leave me feeling very satisfied. So we talked recently, we were, thank you for sharing, that's insightful. I, I think it's a, uncovering that there's so many elements happening, in not just dairy allergies, social component, mindset, difficulty with ordering, perceptions of what people may think of you and what you think of you at the table when you're ordering with, you know, your skinny friends. I'm sure not all of your friends are skinny. No. So, um, and yet you said all. Well. So... Okay. <laughs> is that is that Pro- something you want to amend, people. or you no. feel? Or is that generally how you feel? And and you know, feelings are not always facts. But I want to just check and see: is that really how you feel when you're with, with anyone at the table, with loved ones, whether they're skinny or not? Is that a component that that you add in that the, that you are the fat one and also <clears throat> can't eat? So uh, you know, I I don't want to make it a thing about size, um, though. Clearly, there is there is a po- that that is true on many occasions. Um, if you go to our our Jealous Vegan website and you look at the the pictures of the team, you know, um, I think that that's fairly indicative of the crowd that I'm t- typically dining with. But even friends that um, maybe are a little, I hate to say a little bit larger, but a little bit larger, <laughs> it still is a thing of like 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 I like like I'm like I'm the special one, and I don't want to be. Um, like I just, I just want to order like everybody else. And what's funny is I have a really, really close, dear friend that I've known for many years, who for the last fifteen years probably has deconstructed everything that she orders. And it's like a joke with because I have, I have these other three friends that I dine with very frequently, and we're always like, let her go last because we don't, <laughs> we don't want the server to be mad at us. So we're like, can you go put our food in and then you go get her order because she's gonna say, okay, so I want romaine lettuce and cucumbers and tomatoes. And it's actually very simple. It should not be a big deal. But a lot of times they'll look at the salad options and they'll say, well, we don't have that. Okay, but I know you have romaine lettuce, right? Because you have a Caesar salad and I know that you have cucumbers and I, cause you have it on this salad and I know you have tomatoes cause you have it on that salad. Cause so can I just get those three things together? And I'm like, okay, and what kind of dressing? No dressing. And so I really shouldn't be embarrassed because I've experienced this from the standpoint of someone else at the table many, many times over the years. Um, but for whatever reason, just the story that I'm telling myself is that I'm too much trouble and I'm slowing down the process and it's inefficient and it's, you know, painful for the person who's have again, running back and forth to figure out where are we going to feed this girl so that she'll be happy and leave a good tip. So that's so interesting. And uh, again, I just want to thank you for sharing that because it, it speaks to one, there's some shame associated with being this, the different one, the special one. <sighs> yes. Right. And that it compounds the difficulty with navigating the menu. Mm-hmm. It's not just the food component. And the difficulty with the waiter going back and forth, that's his or her job. And yet you feel very much so like you're going to cause them extra, you're causing them extra trouble. Um, yeah. And that adds on to, right, to the component, which is the reason we wanted to bring this up. Because so many times people think that food, you know, eating veggies is just a matter, or going vegan, plant-based is just a matter of changing your diet. There's so much social component, emotional component, 
logistics. I know you to be a person who's logistically, I will say, a logistic gen- logistical genius in how you put things together um, and other people rely on you. So I can imagine that for you, um, that adds to it too because you recognize it's just not, as you said, efficient no. um, and adding on. So, Yeah, and I think... You know, a lot of places have a vegetarian option or section, and they'll have a gluten-free menu or section, and that there is not necessarily a lot of overlap between those things. And so sometimes I do feel like I'm left with a salad, potentially with no dressing, right? Because salad dressing typically has, well, either dairy or gluten, sometimes both, and maybe french fries. And so I say to myself, like, it... You know, if, if my goal is to be healthier and to feed my body what it requires, is that healthier or better for me than a grass-fed steak and some asparagus or some wild-caught scallops and spinach? And I feel like I would be much happier with that. But, you know, and I think that that's also part of the challenge is that, that aside from what I've determined my digestive tract will, will and will not accept— I've placed myself inside of a box saying, well, I'm not going to eat animal products or I'm going to eat very few animal products, if any. And that just compounds the issue, makes it a little bit harder. Right. What I'm hearing, too, is that it creates you got these restrictions, right? You can't have gluten, can't have dairy, don't eat meat. Uh, You can say can't, can't have meat. Um, Are there any other allergies that you have? Eggs. Oh, Black beans. And beans. So here's the problem, right? So if you are if you go to get the vegetarian option at most restaurants, it's going to have black beans. And I can't have that. And so, yes, that is exactly why I get so frustrated. Like, okay, there's a perfectly legitimate, looks like yummy plant-based option. I still can't have it. And so it's like, I, I feel like in my life, I already have so many restrictions, some of which are self-imposed, as I mentioned, others for the sake of living a godly life. They're just things that I won't do. And for many years, that's been my mindset that, you know, trying to do things according to uh, a theocratic standard is the most important. And so I'm happily, happily giving up some things. But here in this area of your life where it feels like, you know, as long as you're not a glutton or a drunk, you should be pretty okay. I'm now like selectively reducing things. And so uh, this constant scan of my environment, or especially at a restaurant, I'm saying, well, will this work? Or what's in that? And nope, can't have that either. It just feels like a step too far sometimes. And it, it really does irritate me. Mm. Which is crazy. Who is mad at a menu? It's an inanimate object. It doesn't even know my name. It doesn't care about me. <laughs> it's like, girl, kids throw up in these things. We just wipe them off and give them to the next person. You know, it's like, it's, it's just so stupid. Mm. It's just so, and I guess that's part of it too, is that then I'm like, well, what is wrong with you? Why is this such a big deal? Like, just order something. What's the big deal? So, yes, it's a... It's a number of of items. But the other thing I was thinking about in terms of emotional component is that growing up, you know, we didn't have a lot of money. And so going out was like a treat. It was something special. And I'm, you know, thankful that I have the flexibility to to dine out much more frequently than my family did when we were kids. Um, But I think that in my mind, it's still supposed to be this like pleasant kind of out of the ordinary experience. Um, And yet it very rarely rises to that expectation. 
Right. I imagine it based on what you're describing. It's like you go somewhere and you're thinking there should be options and a bunch of doors close yep. in terms of options. And then it becomes like there are no doors or there are very few doors or even the doors that are available to you, you don't want. Yeah. Right. So the state doors open technically from a biology, uh, your biology. Yeah, we have no, no issues digesting beef, lamb. Right. And then you close it for reasons other than, you know, your biology. And then because it becomes of the like, water. Because of the water. Because of the water. Mm. Because raising cattle takes so much water from the earth. So okay, that's so really the reason that I, I probably choose not to eat beef more than anything else. Okay. Would you describe yourself as an ethical vegan no, then in that no. case? No. No. Okay. It's not about the animals. It's about the planet. <laughs> It's about, okay, <laughs> I, then. I, I'm more of an environmental. I'm an environmental vegan. Sure. All right, good good clarification. Yeah. <laughs> so I can imagine, like, and that makes a lot of sense that doors close for you, and then it's like, what do I eat? Right. Um, so you and Lisa talked in a previous episode about the importance of mindset um, approaching a plant-based diet from not what you can't eat, but from what you can eat. Yes. How does that play in here? So in the beginning, I think that I approached menus with a very, um, what we, I wrote about this, uh, an additive mindset, meaning what's available to you and, or what's available to me. And it was a challenge, right? I was just trying to prove that I could very successfully and easily navigate um, the same, basically based on my friends' restrictions, not even ones that I was aware uh, that I had any um, kind of dietary restrictions at that point. So it, I was just, it was kind of like a, a treasure hunt and an adventure. And, you know, I was just scanning the menu, trying to find all of the, the options that might work for me. And even in airports, um, because again, it was while I was traveling, I found it to be fun and easy. Um, but yes, at some point, it, it, after so many instances of well, I can eat that, but it doesn't make me feel good. Like quinoa, lentils, rice, those are great plant-based options. And a lot of the cuisines that I'm um, moving towards in order to, to be more plant-centered in my choices, those are predominant and they just don't sit well with me. So um, I've, not, I've not successfully adjusted my mindset to go back to these are all of the things that I can have, as opposed to here are some more things that I can't have. Yeah. So why dine out at all? <laughs> I've thought about that. Um, I like to cook. I decided that maybe I should just eat at home before I go out and go strictly for the experience of being with my friends, not looking to... Um, fuel up or get some kind of nutritional benefit out of the evening. Bourbon is plant-based. <laughs> yes. <laughs> also very nutritious, I'm sure. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, yeah, definitely my mindset needs to shift. Because at some point it did, I did feel like this is about what I can't do or what won't work for me. Um, as opposed to this is what I'm choosing to do. And so I, I probably need to take some of my own medicine and that of the medicine that Lisa doled out um, and think about how I 
approach things so that I have a, a better attitude and mindset and, and not be so frustrated at the fact that, like you said, that's the server's job. They probably don't care that they're going back and forth. They're not potentially not looking at me like, why are you the one that's causing all the issues or problems with regard to, to ordering here? Um, and like my friend who orders romaine lettuce with cucumbers and tomatoes, you know, I, you guys probably don't care <laughs> if I'm the one that's, that's making some concoction um, based off of what the menu has. So. Yeah, because the, the fact is that you're not alone, right? And you, you're some of, at least the gluten allergy could be worse. It could be celiac, sure. right? In which case that's like, I, I don't know anyone directly who's celiac, but I imagine I that it is super hard to dine out yep. and you need to choose your restaurants according to celiac sensitivity not just going in there, but like call ahead, I would imagine if mm -hmm. I had a loved one who mm -hmm. had that uh, was that severe. Um, and yet there is that mindset, right? And I think that that's what, at least from my mind, that's what I wanted to call out to our audience is that it's, it's food, it's social, it's emotional that can make things difficult dining out. Um, how are things for you when you cook? Do you have any trouble there? No, I feel, I actually like, uh, I'm, I'm back to the whole treasure hunt adventure mindset where I'm trying to figure out how do I take this taste that I'm familiar with or that I'm thinking about or even craving sometimes and create it in a plant-based way. And so uh, some of the things we've posted from at the, on the Jealous Vegan um, on Instagram are things that I've made here at home. And it's been kind of experimenting with this will probably taste good together. And that, that creativity and the opportunity to um, figure something out, I think, you know, the, the nerd in me really gets excited by that. Okay. So what would your ideal meal look like if you were dining with loved ones and you, you and the chef were in uh, very good friends and he said, Jen, I'm going to mix up whatever you say. Oh, that's so, that's so hard just to, I like Mexican food, but I don't, Not the beans. but I don't like, I've never liked, so what's funny is for years I'd go to a Mexican place and instead of the rice and beans that typically come with your meal, I would just get salad. Like, hey, can I just get some greens? I don't because I don't. Pico de gallo, maybe, or. Well, I just don't like. I just don't like rice and beans. Um. So, but I like those. I like spicy. I like those flavors. So, some sort of salad, uh, probably, or, um, you know, grilled fajita type type veggies. Um, I like that. But honestly, when I think about food that I really enjoy, it's kind of my mom's cooking. So, um. Green beans, kale, squash, and asparagus. Like those, like that is very filling to me. I really enjoy it. Um, I can I can make that almost as well as my mom, and it's pretty easy to create. Honestly, that's probably one of my favorite things. Like my mom's chicken wings are amazing, as are her glazed carrots. Um, and so those, all of those things combined would have been like the meal she would make for me when she'd visit me when I lived in Austin. So that's probably what I would want. It's pretty simple now that I think about it. Minus the chicken or with the Min chicken? No, minus the chicken, minus the glazed carrots. Um, okay. they're, just too, they're just too sweet. But, but, yeah. So I know you personally. Risotto is on the menu. <gasps> I love risotto. Non-dairy, gluten-free risotto. <sighs> 
Risotto is made of rice, not actually a pasta, so it is gluten-free. And if it's done well, it's like, I mean, like heaven in your mouth. Like I just, I don't even know how else to describe it. It, it is amazing. But very few places do it without dairy. Um, if they do, they don't cook it well. I found there's just there's like two places where I found it to be just incredible and something that I should probably take the time to make at home. Mm -hmm. I remember dining with you and we went somewhere and I didn't know we had discovered, at least I didn't know that risotto mm. was like a thing. It was like a comfort food basically oh, so for good. you. And you they at they had it and they could make it dairy free. Usually it has cheese and they either cream. It, was, it was on the cream and cheese, yeah. Cream and cheese. Mm -hmm. It was on the menu and with that or they meant and they managed to make it without it or it wasn't on the menu with that they had like a a vegan risotto. Do you recall? They were able to make it without, um, they added cheese at the end and they didn't use cream in the base. So that was the, the big thing because it's been, you know, typically it cooks for some time in order to get that uh, creamy richness, but they just used a stock to accomplish that. And it was, it was, it was so good that the whole time I was eating it, I thought, oh, this can't be dairy free. I'm, I'm sure I'm going to be sick later. <laughs> I remember. And the next day, I actually got on the internet to verify that, that that's how you make risotto. Like, it was just so good. I could not stop thinking about it. I remember. I was very pleased because I that was an unexpected gem. We were just yes. like, oh, we actually found something that satisfied Jen. Yeah. What? Winning. That was a good day. Um, they have since rotated their menu. I know. So that's what came to mind for me. Like, if you could have anything made at a restaurant, you'd go for the oh. risotto. Yeah, thank you. Is that true? I forgot about or that. No? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's true. I forgot about it. I was thinking about things that I might make. Gotcha. But yes, risotto. Sure. Really good risotto would be high on the list. Mm hmm Absolutely. Is there anything else you'd like to add to the discussion? Anything you want our audience to know or from your personal experience and your journey? Yeah, in one of our previous podcasts, we talked about don't stop starting. And I think about that in reference to the mad at the menu thing. Um, that, you know, despite, uh, honestly, some embarrassing adult tantrums <laughs> over, <laughs> over food <laughs> and what I'm not getting, um, there's no reason that we can't go somewhere and enjoy the company of friends. And so, yeah, maybe the strategy is I'm going to eat before I meet you guys or um, I'm going to order two of that vegetable that I know I like there just so I can make sure that I'm satisfied. Um, but the, the main thing is to be able to enjoy myself and be with people that I love. So stop thinking about the food and, and focus on the company. And also re-examine my mindset and see how that will change, even how I feel about it, even though the choices will be exactly the same. Mm. I want to thank you for sharing your journey and for sharing your perspective. I really appreciate it. And I think, I know that it will resonate with our audience. I was happy to be able to discuss this with you. It's something you and I have discussed at length many times. Unfortunately, yes. Not unfortunately. <laughs> it's a journey, right? And that's one thing we try to help people, to your point, like stop, don't stop starting. Mm -hmm. um, the journey requires constant adaptation. And if you're to be successful, you have to listen to your body and your emotions and your social environment and decide, make conscious choices about what's important to you. Absolutely. Thank you for listening. 
Please connect with us at thejealousvegan.com and sign up for our newsletter to receive exclusive content to support your plant-based journey. We'll see you in the next episode. And until then, don't let perfection be the enemy of progress.